The Morning Coffee is a podcast recorded live slash streamed at twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. All articles used during the show are credited in the show notes below in the description. We hope you enjoy this episode. What is up, everybody? How's it going? Ryan here, back with you again with the morning, again with the morning coffee. Episode number 33 for April 2nd, 2019. Hopefully all your guys' weekend was well. We apologize that there was no episode last Thursday. Um, unfortunately, there just seems to not be a lot of news going on in the gaming world right now. And then all of a sudden a bunch of news came out right, uh, you know, the next day right after. So we kind of have, you know, a good chunk of news to talk about today and to deal with, etc. Um, you know, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. If you're returning, welcome again. Um, you know, I got some emails requesting that maybe i should just do like a brief little intro every single episode so it's probably what i'm gonna start doing from now on but uh this is the morning coffee where we sit down with me your host ryan and we kind of just talk about gaming news that's been going on uh each episode usually lasts around 20 to 30 minutes or so maybe a little bit less sometimes just so that you have a podcast that you can uh check out and listen to on your commute to work or while you're working out or something um I've, you know, I love podcasting, but uh, sometimes episodes go for, you know, two to three hours. And I think sometimes that's a little hard to stomach through sometimes, even the ones that I really enjoy a lot. So we try to create a bite-sized condensed podcast for all of you guys to enjoy. That being said, we did still uh, stream on Thursday. So if any of you guys are from uh, any of the other various platforms, uh, you should definitely come and check out my Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo. If we don't record an episode on Tuesday or Thursday, uh, we still do make content over there, playing games, hanging out, talking, whatever it might be. So um, sometimes just watching YouTube videos, to be honest. So uh, selfish plug for me there, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo, if you wanted to check out any of that stuff as well. Also, for anyone who uh, might be joining, uh, Spotify and iTunes is probably the best way you can listen to us on the go. There are links below uh, in the episode description for those places to find the podcast. Anyway, guys, let's just jump right into it. We have a handful of articles that have come out in the last few days, some that I found super um, interesting and insightful. So uh, let us get started with that. So first off, Minecraft update removes mentions of Notch, the game's creator. So if you guys don't know what Minecraft is or you've been living under a rock, it's a game that pretty much blew up and has been popular for probably the last 10 years. It comes in waves here and there. Uh, but it still has a very dedicated fan base and mod community, etc. Uh, open world type of game where you can just create stuff or just survive and create these kind of wacky, zany creations. The creator of it was a man named Notch who ended up in about 2015 selling the company to Microsoft and cashing out and kind of been dabbling and working on other things. Now, during the main menu screen of Minecraft, you usually say see some mention of um, you know, made by Notch or the work of Notch, according to this article. And apparently those two things have been removed. Um, the reason being, and I don't really like to get super political on here, but it seems that Notch has been making some very conservative, um, I guess what the media deems controversial 
tweets and stuff like that. There's been no reply officially from Minecraft or Microsoft on why these little announcements are these little uh, little Easter eggs, I guess you could even say, were even uh, removed from the game. But this seems to be something like that going on. I guess Notch has been tweeting out some random stuff. Uh, it doesn't seem that bad in my opinion, but you know, coming from you know a gaming background and gaming industry background, I could see why uh, people would I don't know be offended or not like what he is saying so kind of sad but um you know it kind of shows the weight of social media and kind of this weird trend that we're having in gaming now where um and, and just really in anything where media is always trying to influence and push uh, a certain agenda or stylistic idea uh that i may or may not agree with and uh, i don't know maybe it's because i subscribe to just i just want to play a good game i don't really care if uh, it has X, Y, and Z, or if it meets certain social status quos, um, you know, I don't care about that. I just like playing video games. So uh, it's definitely interesting to see um, the game just do this and for Minecraft to remove this thing. And uh, I'm sure many people know who Notch is anyway, but I guess removing this little Easter egg because it didn't show up all the time. It was literally at the main menu screen, I guess, is uh, something that they thought or felt was appropriate to do at the time. Moving on though, uh, Dwarf Fortress creators have very cool plans if they make millions. So if you guys didn't know, Dwarf Fortress was a game that we covered a couple of weeks ago on this podcast. It is pretty much a very hardcore simulation type of game that's been worked on for probably the last 10 plus years. You can actually download the game for free right now from their official website. Um, and they've been going through uh, through a phase where it was for the longest time, it was just through donations. Uh, and it was just two brothers working on the game. They uh, recently, about a year ago, they said that unfortunately they would have to make some type of Patreon or something like that so that they could recoup some of uh, recoup some more money since, uh, you know, their livelihood is in this game. and The donations, unfortunately, weren't weren't uh, going as planned. They ended up um, making a Patreon and unfortunately they said that that wouldn't be enough. So they are releasing the game with uh they're releasing the game on steam for everybody to play now keep in mind the game will still be free download off of uh their website so no need for that so if an update does come out it's not like they're being locked to steam but if you do choose to buy it through steam it is i think i believe twenty dollars right now is the listing price for it. it could be a little bit lower but uh overall uh they are you know making this uh releasing it on steam uh, i think it's going to run a little bit smoother it's going to have auto updating and all that good stuff as well so you know they did say that uh they need to cover some expenses for personal reasons like health reasons and stuff like that as they get older i think this is a great way to do it or whatever if you want to support them and buy and own the game that is really really fun through steam which is even nicer since it's just some kind of a centralized platform you can do so if you want to you can donate or use uh their patreon to uh donate to them monthly um or or if you want to just download the game for free and you don't have to you know um they did have an interview with PC Gamer, though, and they did say there's no reason we get up to a million, to a million copies. But if we did, that's at the point where Zach and I would have both have like $5 million. And I don't know what that means, he said. 
Uh, he says, is that going to corrupt my morality somehow and turn me into a strange person? Because that seems to be a thing that happens. That's why I'm thinking just try to pitch it away as fast as possible. People expect me to take care of myself. That's what I'm going to do. Make sure that my health is in order. Make sure that the game is in order and the rest of it. You know, there are a lot of people and animals and other stuff that are in trouble. Kids that don't have school supplies, all kinds of stuff. It's like Brewster's millions, right? You got to get rid of it, man. And that's how I feel about it. So basically they just said that, um, you know, they didn't really know, um, you know, they didn't really know what to do if they got like a ton of money. Right. Uh, they said that, um, you know, they would probably just try to get rid of it or donate most of the money and just live on a comfortable salary. I do know that, you know, this article is kind of leaving out a couple of things because in that interview as well, they did state though that most of the money would probably go into a better development of the game. If you guys really haven't seen uh, Dwarf Fortress, it's this game that's basically just like textual nodes and stuff like that and still really doesn't have a updated UI graphical interface that most games that are uh, that you are used to uh, playing this day and age have. So to be fair, they did say that they would take the money from Steam, you know, take a little bit for themselves, obviously pay themselves, makes sense, but then also continue to upgrade Door Fortress and maybe add, you know, some visual or updated type of graphical overall uh, to the game. So um, the reason being stating that they did this was because of healthcare, but I just thought it was an interesting article where um, they, you know, claimed that you know they wouldn't want all that money or stuff they just want enough to have uh you know enough to live you know get health care take care of their families and uh you know in the end just make a really solid game uh overall we'll report when dwarf fortress is officially out on steam so that you guys can be notified of when that game is definitely i would say go and check it out on uh their website uh the links to their website are in the episode description but um it's a very good game i just want will say that it is one of those games where it is very complicated and complex you're not your hand isn't really being held and you will have to uh possibly read on a wiki if you don't want to learn but a lot of it is just like learning and trial and error and the complexity of it all so if you like those type of games then i would definitely recommend to uh, go and check it out it's a free download but you know if you do like it go throw the developers a couple of uh you know a couple bucks <clears throat> next up we have Borderlands 3 teaser trailer has finally been uh, shown and it got announced at PAX East uh, around 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, there is an official trailer for it as well, but the article here we just uh, shows a little teaser of about a minute and 30 seconds long, but they did confirm Borderlands is coming out. We've had some leaks since this article came out that claims that it could be exclusively on the Epic Game Store as well as a September release date. Whether that be true for either of those we will see but borderlands 3 is coming if you guys don't know what borderlands 3 is it is a pretty fun um you know action rpg game kind of like diablo 3 or path of exile except that it is a first person shooter it kind of reminds me of what destiny 2 is now where you drop into instanced zones uh except in this one the whole world is kind of available and you kind of teleport around kill things get weapons to get better things and it's kind of like chasing a carrot on a stick that's being led by someone else. But overall, I love these type of games. I really love action RPG games. And the last thing that we're going to talk about is kind of another kind of mesh of all the things that I really enjoy into one game. And um, yeah, overall, though, I will say the reason uh, we added this article was they had probably one of the most 
laughable, uh, worst um, unveil streams for Borderlands 3. And I feel like if the hype for Borderlands 3 wasn't so high, then it would probably have been uh, ridiculed pretty hardcore by the media, but it wasn't. Uh, if you guys didn't see it, they did it all live at PAX East. Uh, which obviously caused some technical difficulties. They had <clears throat> a few times where it was very clear where a cameraman should have panned to a secondary camera, which took uh, way too long to do. I would say upwards of 15 seconds, which is excruciatingly long in a live stream. Or they just never switched to it at all and just kept rolling with it. Um, you know, a clear example of it is when they brought on uh, a voice actress who does the voice of, I guess, their Cortana. It's a real person that they animate over. They switched to the camera and it had a pretty cheap looking OBS overlay of it of static where she announced uh, Borderlands 3, uh, you know, the actual official trailer, not the teaser that's being shown on the podcast right now. And then um, there was another probably, I want to say, five to six second pause <clears throat> where a guy then it just switched to someone's desktop where somebody uh, was using Windows Media Player to play the trailer, which was in horrible FPS and also uh, still showed the play bar in the bottom or media play bar, I should say, on the bottom. Uh, overall, it was pretty laughable and pretty funny. Like I said, I would not be surprised if the reason why or if like someone got fired but also the reason why um this game the game uh launch didn't get scrutinized as much as because of borderlands 3 people have been waiting for quite a while for this game i believe since 2015 uh the question comes up will i personally play it for me personally um i don't think so um from what we've known from the last couple of borderlands games uh they were a 60 dollar price tag and in this day and age I am kind of waiting for pricing. For me, though, Borderlands 1 was a game that I played, and Borderlands 2 I kind of dabbled in for probably less than a couple of hours. I believe I got it free in some type of bundle deal online. But um, overall, I didn't really care for Borderlands. I know that there's a very hardcore fan base who really, really loves the game, and for some reason, I just wasn't able to get into it. Uh, kind of the art style combined with it being a... F I don't know, kind of... I don't know just uh, being type of a rogue, not even a roguelike, but just grinding for stuff in a first-person game like that, where it's like Diablo. For some reason, it just didn't do it for me, and I didn't actually really care for the game at all, which is surprising since I do come from an action RPG background. <clears throat> Overall, do I think it's a good game? Yeah. Do I think at the time it was released, Borderlands 1, I'm saying in 2012, was it a unique game? Definitely, for sure. But I feel like there are other games that have come out that have probably eclipsed it, um, so overall, I don't think I w it will be a first day purchased for me personally, but we'll have to see what happens and how the trends go for um, the rest of the year. We'll see some gameplay footage. Maybe that will change my mind. As of initially, though, uh, I do not plan to purchase the game at all. <clears throat> Next up. Uh, Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 are now available through GOG.com. So, Blizzard's real-time strategy classics available digitally and DRM-free. If you guys don't know what GOG.com is, it's a pretty cool website where you can purchase games, usually at a little bit cheaper than usual, as well as um, they are DRM-free. They do have random sales like that, and they do link to Steam as well, which is super nice if you ever need the actual keys. Um, 
So they announced a couple weeks ago, and I believe we talked about this as well, that Diablo 1 was on GOG for about $9.99 here. <clears throat> but today, or a couple days ago, they've announced that Warcraft 1 and Warcraft 2 are available on GOG. You can buy um, Warcraft 1 and 2 for $14.99, or you can buy Warcraft 1 for $4.99 and Warcraft 2 for $9.99. So keep in mind, the bundle doesn't actually give you anything, any type of discount. It just gives you both games. Uh, it does have cloud saving, which is super nice. It has multiplayer still, which you do need to reconfigure your ports like you did on the original Warcraft 1 and 2. And it does have the single player campaign. I did buy Warcraft 2. Never liked Warcraft 1. I believe the AI was a little too difficult in Warcraft 1 and it was super hard to play. But Warcraft 2 was pretty much the pinnacle of my childhood. Um, played a ton of it with friends who came over to my house or I would go to their house. I believe at the time I was the only kid in my neighborhood who had Warcraft 2. And it just holds a very uh, good memories to me. The music for me is super iconic for Warcraft. And whenever I think of Warcraft 2 or the world of Warcraft or any type of Warcraft IP, I just remember the orc theme for Warcraft 2. Um, so I did dabble in it for about an hour. It runs great on modern systems. Um, you know, graphically, it's not that great. It's not a remastered. It's literally just a port that runs very well on Windows 10 computers and, and Windows 7 and Windows 8 computers. But overall, it was super fun to play. I had got a ton of nostalgia for it. I definitely think it's worth the $9.99. Um, there is multiplayer as well. So you can play against your friends if you do choose so and stuff like that. So overall, I thought it was pretty fun. I would highly recommend uh, getting it or whatever. So, um, yeah. I think that this is kind of also interesting because it's probably ramping up to what is going to be Warcraft 3 Reforged, which is um, Blizzard's new remastered game that we talked about over in November when it was announced at BlizzCon. Um, if you guys uh, don't remember, Warcraft 3 Reforged is uh, Warcraft 3 Remastered, but they are calling it Reforged because they are actually going to be implementing a balance and patch note changes to the game itself because uh, players at the time of Warcraft 3 back when it originally came out believed that the game could still use some work and still use some updates. So seeing Warcraft 1 and 2 coming out uh, on this platform through GOG is pretty interesting. Um, they apparently worked with Blizzard to get it working and stuff like that, obviously. So uh, go check it out. Go buy it. I definitely think it's worth it for even 15 bucks if you want both versions. I'm just not a big fan of Warcraft 1. I never really played it that much. And uh, Warcraft 2 was really my childhood when it originally uh, came out or whatever in like, what, 96 or 95 or something. So it uh, really was my childhood. Definitely a great game. Uh, and yeah, go check it out. Um, next up article, uh, kind of a little lighthearted, but, uh, Shirley Curie, the Skyrim grandma is apparently going to become an NPC in the next Elder Scrolls game. If you don't know who Shirley Curie is, she is a YouTuber that is also a grandmother and, uh, you know, mom, obviously. And, uh, she is pretty into the Elder Scrolls. Um, she has a YouTube channel with a lot of subscribers. I'm not really sure what you could say a, a lot is, but she pretty much only plays Skyrim on her YouTube channel. Uh, last year, we talked about a petition 
where 50,000 people signed it asking for her to be added as an NPC in the next Elder Scrolls game to be immortalized in the game. And it seems like they have um, done it Uh, from her official uh, Twitter account. She said, well, since they made the announcement today about me as a character in the next uh, Elder Scrolls game, I can show my favorite thing I brought away with me. And it's her just chatting and, you know, talking casually to uh todd howard um you know one of the big wigs at bethesda games so i thought this was kind of cool or whatever she uploaded her 83rd entry in her skyrim special edition series apparently last night and uh yeah it's uh very uh interesting so uh she just walks around and kind of role plays and kind of hangs out and talks and stuff like that. Uh, Elder Scrolls uh, Six is apparently being worked on right now and apparently will eventually come out. There is really no timeline from what I understand of when the game is coming out, but uh, it's been worked on in the background for uh, quite some time now. So overall, congrats to her. <clears throat> Pretty cool. I hope that she um, gets to check out herself in uh, NPC form. And we hope that uh, Bethesda can um, kind of outdo itself from uh, kind of the failings it had with uh, Fallout 76. So, yeah. Lastly, this is an article that we were going to talk about a long time ago, but we never got any updates for it. But we did talk about this when it initially broke news. We got an update about it, and we've been following this article for pretty much since the first episode of The Morning Coffee. Uh, But um, if you didn't know, the Call of Duty swatter is going to serve 20 years in prison. So if you guys haven't heard about this article, it was basically something that happened in 2017 where um, a man named Tyler uh, Barris um, made a fake 911 call to a man in Wichita, Kansas. He claimed that uh, he was inside the house with a gun and he was going to shoot up his whole family or something along those lines. When police got there, um, when the police got there, uh, apparently the, the Wichita man was very confused and distraught and very confusing and <clears throat> long story short or whatever. Uh, He told the dispatcher that he murdered his father and was holding the rest of his family hostage. A SWAT team showed up at the address provided by him, which was actually the residence of 28-year-old Andrew Finch. The officer involved in the fatal shooting wasn't criminally charged, though Finch's family has sued the city over the incident. We're not really sure. There is not much more given to this article. From what I understand, though, apparently the cop fatally shot and killed 28-year-old Andrew Finch for not cooperating with him, and because of the call, which they believed at the time was a real 911 call, they thought that he had already injured people and was going to injure more people. Uh, It ended up... um, Starting because Tyler Barris had a $1.50 bet between uh, Andrew Finch and himself, where they were like 1v1ing each other and caught, and that's what ended up happening. Um, Shortly after that, he pled guilty to 51 total charges late last year, stemming from numerous false reports he made to emergency services. He was also found to have placed a bomb threat to the Dallas Convention Center, a Florida high school, and the federal uh, FCC building during the agency's vote to repeal net neutrality. So he did definitely do more than just that one incident, but he will be serving 20 years in prison. If you guys didn't know, and it's not something that I want to touch upon too uh, much, but I have had... um, 
a few friends in the industry actually be swatted. And it was actually confirmed later on that it was by Tyler Barris himself. So this did impact a lot of people, including probably some content creators that you do or don't know, whether it regards to on YouTube or on Twitch. So it's good that he's locked up behind bars. This does set a precedent precedence for people who swat as well. So kind of uh, kind of crazy. Last article that I kind of wanted to talk about on a more lighthearted note as well is a game called Risk of Rain 2 that I've been really enjoying, and it's a game that um, I definitely will be checking out and be playing a lot more in the future as well. Um, you know, one of the things I like to do is just kind of check out or try out new games from time to time here and kind of report back to you on this podcast of what I've really thought about. Uh, if you guys don't know, Risk of Rain 1 was a Kickstarter game uh, that was completely funded. It was a 2D side scroller and it was a shooter and it was a roguelike type of game. If you guys don't know what roguelike type of games are, they're kind of confusing nowadays because you're going to look at it and just say it's a BR, but it's not because they're single player. But basically, they're usually very single player type of games or PVE type of games, I should say, where you jump in, you have a character, it usually starts off very, very weak. And through progression of killing things, as well as obtaining loot boxes, you end up uh, leveling up this character as well. Now, the thing is, the character it's usually on some type of endless mode, where you just keep playing over and over and over again. Now, when you die, your character does lose, uh, lose all of its uh, stuff. So it will lose all of his items all of his leveling etc and you have to start over with a new game and start right from scratch as well so the games are pretty fun that is essentially what a roguelike type of game is you can think of it kind of as slay the spire if you've ever played that card game as well right you start off with a very small deck where your character or hero is very weak you add new cards to the deck when the deck fails or you lose a game though you end up having to start all over again well that's what risk of rain was Kind of out of nowhere this past week, Risk of Rain 2 came out, which kind of fully changed how the game is uh, entirely and has gone very, very popular on Twitch, etc. Risk of Rain 1, like I said, was a 2D side score with pixelated uh, graphics, like pixel sprite art, but they have released Risk of Rain 2, which is now a third-person uh, shooter in a 3D environment with really the same concepts and stuff as Risk of Rain 1, but it has definitely become way more popular. Um, overall, I purchased it. It is currently $20 on Steam. Unfortunately, I missed out on a sale, and most likely you guys are too, unless they release the sale uh, you know, soon. But... Um, they did have a sale briefly where if you bought the game for 20 bucks, you got two copies of the game, one to give to your friend. Because this game is also co-op, which I find very interesting. It is up to four player or co-op, or you can play single player. I have played for it for about 60 minutes, which, spoiler, was my first run ever. I played it um, off stream on my own just to try out the game because I purchased it late last night. And I said, oh, I'm just going to play a run and see how it ended up going ended up going about 68 minutes or 60 to 68 minutes or so so very very fun addictive game you just play the game um and you unlock things so somebody you know some of the comments are you know why is it 20 bucks first of all it's well worth it for 20 bucks um just the just everything about it i have enjoyed so far you're also looking at at least so far they're saying that there's not going to be any type of microtransaction so for 20 bucks you're just going to get the game it isn't currently in uh early access 
but it reminds me of um it reminds me of a game where it doesn't feel like it's an early access right if you guys ever played slay the spire and i feel like uh, i'm gonna make a lot of references to slay the spire as well because of um just how good that game was uh in its early access and how it did early access right in my opinion but basically um early access like uh it, it was done right i feel like slay the spire didn't feel like it was an early access at all and they kept pushing out consistently every week sometimes two weeks if the developers needed a break an update that added more mobs more creatures more cards etc that's kind of what risk of rain 2 is doing right off the bat it doesn't feel like a um, early access game the game already feels smoothed and polished and stuff the way the character uh moves and shoots and dodges and the graphics and animations that are all on screen seem super 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 fun and uh i really enjoy that so far uh within the game i've really really enjoyed that um so so far i've really enjoyed the game i really enjoyed the movement speed uh with the game and just how the character moves and like how the character like flows and kind of able to do like a jumping around type of uh movement and stuff like that combat wise i find really fun and just being able to pick up passives a typical game you drop into the level there is a bar in the top right corner that starts off as easy and as time progresses that bar will slowly go to medium to hard to very hard to insane and then it just goes to these weird titles like um i see you i got you and then eventually the hardest difficulty which is ha 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 which obviously spawns more elites and stuff like that mobs are continually spawning around you and every time you kill a mob or for every second or so you stay alive you get a gold there are loot chests and stuff scattered around the levels and you purchase one with the money that you get from in game what you're trying to look for is every level has a randomized teleporter somewhere hidden on the stage and once you get to the teleporter and activate it you can't open up any loot chests so make sure that you have opened your loot chest and gotten a lot more of the passive skills and stuff like that which is super uh convenient and nice to probably get uh from there you kill a boss which is very akin to i don't know a boss in destiny uh, or anthem uh, very big very gruesome he will spawn more minions you kill it you then can go around and loot and uh you know reap your rewards from there you are transported to the next level once you say that you want to once you transportate you lose all of your money but you obviously get to keep your passives and levels and the difficulty ramps up a little bit from there so overall the game is super super fun i've really enjoyed it for even just the like 20 you know what 25 know, 60 minutes technically i guess of time that i spent playing on it i think what's even cooler about the game is that it does play in single player like i said which is pretty fun but it also plays at up to four player co-op as well so you're able to play with your friends and uh enjoy that i feel like co-op might be a little bit difficult but um keep in mind that mobs do scale in co-op so you kind of need everyone to pull their weight but also loot is not personal loot is group loot which means that if you were to buy something and it falls on the ground your friend can come by and yoink it and run by and stuff like that as well so keep that in mind that that can happen for sure but overall it's really fun um 
that being said, I will say that right after the recording of this podcast, um, we will be playing Risk of Rain 2 over on my Twitch channel. So once again, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo if you ever want to check out that type of stuff or to interact with me there as well. Um, but yeah, so we're going to try it out and play a little bit more solo, possibly get a friend who I convinced to get the game to jump on as well if he is able to get on in time. But yeah, guys, that is going to be it. Risk Rain 2, I will say highly recommend getting it. For 20 bucks. you're getting a game that doesn't feel like it's an early access that is still being developed and still having things to be added to, uh, which feels like an action RPG or a Destiny or uh, Anthem type of shooter, as well as just co-op, which is great. So 10 out of 10 would buy again. Uh, anyway, guys, that's going to be it for this episode of The Morning Coffee, though. Thanks so much for hanging out. I really do appreciate it. Um, as always, you can check us out on audio on Spotify or iTunes. Those links are in the episode description below. Like I said, we already mentioned it, but you can also check me out on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ryan Kubo, or you can check me out on Twitter and Instagram at Ryan Kubo as well. That's R-Y-A-N-K-U. Thanks guys for hanging out. We'll check you guys back on Thursday morning with another episode of the morning coffee. Take care guys. Peace.